Brian Breaker. You're a little whiny baby. Bane. Don't assume my gender. Friend since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with his phone. F*** you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say, WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. <laughs> Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Oh, yeah. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser With the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from doubters Put in the stake in the shower, break up and bitch, power, power Yeah, hello, uh, hello, hello Hello, hello, welcome to the show, uh, yeah, hello, 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 welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling sound. It is episode 336 of Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I am Brian Breaker, and of course, I am being joined by Big Underscore Bane. What's going on, man? Dude, not a whole lot. We're recording in advance. Yes. Um, it's I'm going on vacation, man. So yeah. We had to make it happen, so we have like no topics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is fun, right? Right. We could BS for however long this show's going to be. It seems like most people enjoy the banter side of our show anyway, so why not give the people what they want? We're giving you what you want, you sons of bitches. So shut up about it. Uh, no, we're totally joking. Yeah. But uh, we're still going to cover, you know, some wrestling, some movie, some toy talk, talk some chalk line, all the all the stuff that you uh, that you can expect from this show. But uh, probably not uh, super topical stuff because we recorded our other episode like two days ago. Yes. And nothing's really changed. Nope, nope. And uh, usually when we record, something happens like the day after. I know. And we were kind of like, yeah, it's okay. You know, we'll be good. And then nothing happened. Right. Well, that's kind of what I assume. It's like all this news is going to break in two days. Right. And have this full episode. Of course, yep. it'll be not timely by the time it drops. Of course. It'll be like five days late. Right. You know, I remember uh, years ago, we reported about Emma getting arrested and then fired. Yeah, and then by the time it dropped, she yeah. was back. Yeah, and so you had to like make an edit, and I was like, "Well, that was that was that was lame." Yeah, we're still gonna crack these here uh, bang energies. I couldn't find any radical skedaddles, man. Damn it! Yeah, it seems like the new flavors are kind of hard to find. Like after that first initial time. Well, I'm noticing where we get our drinks is a store called Quick Trip, which is pretty prevalent, probably in the Midwest, probably yep. not all areas and stuff. But, yeah. Um, there for a while, like every flavor had like two rows. Uh-huh. But there's get, they're becoming so many flavors. It's like one row of flavor. Yeah. And there was one empty row, and I bet that was old radical skedaddle. <clears throat> what they need to do is just you know they have like these um, other rows with these energy drinks called a monster or something like that. They yeah, need to know just, what that is. They need to just get rid of those. Throw, throw some more bangs up in that bitch. It's funny how how heavy monster how heavy into monster we were. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, in the song. I know. Yeah. It's, that's what's so crazy about it. 
and I haven't had a monster. God, I don't know how long. I, I haven't either. I it, it actually popped up on like a recommended for you thing on Amazon. You were like, like incorrect monster. You know me well, <laughs> monster ultra black, and I was like, you know what? No, f off, Amazon. Well, I was I was drinking those ultras. That was kind of my go to. <laughs> yep, they've actually produced a couple of new colors. Have they? Like they have like a green and like a. Kind of a pinkish color. Okay, but I just never got into them. Yeah, I, I never even tried them. Never. I once Bang came along, I quit even looking at the monsters. Yeah, I did too. I just happened to know. Well, they have them at my work. So okay, I, that's when I kind of noticed them. But yeah, Bang. Like they seem to keep most of their flavors going. I, I feel like maybe the teas have been discontinued. I don't see those anywhere. Maybe the only places I really saw. I saw them in Quick Trips for a little bit, but the only places I really saw them out were GNCs. Yeah, those were so bad. Yeah, they were not good. There was one of them that I thought I liked, but the more I drank it, the more I was like, nope, not I, good. I had lemon drop sweet tea. And, I, you know, I love lemon sure. drop. You were drinking that right now. Sure. I, I love sweet tea. Yep. It's like a, it's a staple of Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I So I'm thinking, like, this will probably be okay. And granted, you don't like the root beer. I don't actually mind it too much. Yeah. But... That I had a hard time drinking, and yeah. I got it. I drank all of it, but it boy it took everything I had. You know, it that was one thing I'll give Monster. They they killed it on those teas that they did there for a while, like the uh, the Rojo tea. I really like. You were a big fan of the Rojo tea. Big yeah. fan of the Rojo tea. And I know they, a lot of people like that pink lemonade. Pink, yeah, that one was really good. They had a couple of other tea ones that were pretty good, but when uh, Bang came out with theirs, it just it wasn't the same. It no. wasn't good. And I think that that's the case sometimes when stuff is just you know like eh, that's not the. It's not very good. No. You know. So. No. Fourth of July was uh, last night as we recorded this. So yes. Very much dating ourselves. Fourth uh, of July is always a hot holiday, obviously. Yep. yep. Smack dab in the middle of the summer. Yep. But it's uh, it's very Americana, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, a lot of fireworks going on. I mean, are you? we, we kind of talked about it. I'm kind of over fireworks. Like, my nephew freaking, he's six now. Mm-hmm. Loves him. Like, that's like his favorite thing. Yeah. But... It's just it's one of those things with fireworks. I'm just like, hmm. yeah, I'm not a fireworks guy. No, I'm more of a uh, give me my hamburger, give me my hot dog. Hell yeah. Let me get the f back inside in that AC. Uh, and our our neighbors behind us actually do fireworks every year. So I mean, if we feel like watching them, we can go out in the back porch and right. watch them, watch some fireworks. But yeah, I'm just I'm not a fireworks guy. Never really have been. When you once you see them, you're like, well, I saw them. Yeah, and then on top of that, you're like watching fireworks while you're getting bitten by mosquitoes, and it's like, yeah, you know what? This isn't that fun. I had some. Uh, you talking about grilling food i had some uh, charcoal grilled burgers nice and so i don't know what type of grill you have but you know i'm moving into a new place as i've mentioned and i'm looking at getting my very first grill because i've never really had one i don't really have a place for it here mm-hmm. you know and uh, i'm sitting there thinking like you know gas grills are probably way easier oh yeah but there's something about the taste of a charcoal grill charcoal grill tastes great but i can i've never been able to work a charcoal grill very well hard yeah you know i mean you can get the uh the easy lighting charcoals some of them are more expensive obviously but um i've never been able to work them that well so i i have a gas myself and i just season my meat a little bit more that's, yeah. i mean that's all i do and, and, it, and it is it is still good but there's something right. about that charcoal grill where you're like it's wow. got that it's got that smoky flavor yeah, yeah i, I, I get it yeah. i get it yeah it tastes great but it's uh i just I don't know. I, I'm, I've always been a gas guy just because it's uh, it's easier for me. Well, for sure. And and I know like with charcoal, like it also takes a while to heat. Oh yes. The yeah. gas is going to be pretty hot, pretty quick. It get it, my grill gets up to about 400 degrees within a 
couple minutes. Right. And yeah. it's like, it's like, well, okay. Damn, gotta turn that down. Let's put the meat on. You <laughs> yeah. Know? It almost gets so hot, it like it'll smoke you out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's brutal. But yeah, I don't know. Like that's I had some some actual charcoal burgers yesterday. I was like, wow, like yeah. that is so good. Yeah, they are. They are definitely tasty. Definitely tasty, but. Fourth of July is coming and gone, and uh, we are moving right along. So, what do you say we uh, dive into a little bit of wrestling talk here? Let's do it. Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while Breaker and Bay take a little break, cracking them bang energies. Listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone Cold out. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. Big underscore Bane. Not a whole lot going on in the wrestling world, at least from my perspective. I mean, I mean, I know there's stuff going on. You you mentioned actually, I guess you said EC3 made a little bit of a promo that he, or there's some some hints that he might be going to AEW. Yes, uh, I didn't actually watch the promo myself, so I don't know how much of a hint it was. I just saw some tweets about it, so <clears throat> I don't know. I think that would be hella cool. It would be cool, but do you feel like AEW is becoming that thing where? So many guys are coming there. Oh, big time. You know, it's like, because I remember when the Butcher and the Blade debuted. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's a cool team. I, yeah. I that. Yeah. And now they're kind of just being bump guys for the revival. Yeah, which is crazy to me because Homeboy from Every Time I Die, the, the what, is he the Butcher? Yeah, Andy Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Dude's a monster. Yeah. You know? And I think that's cool that he's in a band and a wrestler. Yeah. I don't know how he is in the ring. I haven't really watched him much, but. He seems okay. He doesn't seem like he's the greatest, but he seems okay. Yeah, for, for the, I love his look. Yeah. His look is super cool. He's got that old school look to him. I think he'll be a hell of a cool figure. Yes. So that's where it's kind of weird for me. Like, I dig the fact that uh, AEW signing guys, because I'm like, man, that's going to be really cool. Like Colt Cabana, for instance. Mm -hmm. He had the figures toy company figure. Yeah. But now it'll be cool if he gets an AEW figure, because it's like a different one. Yes. Right? And and same with the Revival or FTR now. Um, They had a few Mattels, but I mean, they didn't have a ton. They had a couple of like they had some nxt elites i think they had a battle pack but not a ton of different figures so i think it'll be cool to see them have an aew run of figures as well oh absolutely yeah and uh you know and i obviously luchasaurus would be a great one these other i would luchasaurus would be one that i would like not even think twice about getting i would have to get it and i really want to see a brian cage figure yeah because he also had a figure toy company figure but I, i just it wasn't muscular enough. It was just like it, it, it's again. It's a Jack style body. It's like right. He needs to be bigger. And he yeah. that dude's an effing monster if I've ever seen one. Right. And so right. yeah, he definitely deserves to have a super jacked figure. Yeah, but um, you know, you you mentioned in the past that s- some wrestling is not really doing a lot for you. I know for me, like I haven't watched Takeover in your house. I haven't watched. Um, Backlash. I'm just kind of like me. I think I watched some of Backlash. I just don't remember what happened on Backlash. I know they had the greatest wrestling match ever. Okay, yeah, I, I watched that, and that actually was a pretty good match. I heard it was, and it's it's not a knock on those. It's just like, well, okay, it is what it is. My my whole thing with that though is, I felt like to lead up to something like that, you probably should have had it be some sort of a swerve. Well, yeah, because to actually promote it like that and then actually try to put on the best wrestling match ever is weird because it's it's not going to live up to the hype no at all because i mean 
as great as that match was, it's not the best wrestling match I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's one of those things when you when you talk about like the greatest match ever, like there's so many underlying opinions. Right, of course. Like someone might say, Oh, like one of mine is always gonna be Brett Noah at WrestleMania ten. Yes. But I could see someone being like, Oh no, I like the TLC matches better. Right. Yeah, well they're totally different. That's not the same thing. Right. It's six guys, it's weapons, it's you know, crazy dives off ladders. That's a different type of match altogether. So, well, it's opinions. When I think of greatest wrestling matches, what I think of is like Sean versus Ric Flair. You yeah, know, yeah. the retirement match of Flair. Or, I'm sorry, or, I love you. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the greatest pieces of storytelling I think I've ever seen in wrestling. And then on top of that, um, and it was and it was like the the first Ric Flair match in a while. We were like. Damn, it yeah. was good. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I think we'd all gotten accustomed to old man Ric Flair. Right. And it's almost kind of like in the, the comic books, like old man Logan. Yeah. A little bit where it's like, you know he was really good back in the day. Right. But you're... And it's not that he's bad. No, it's just he's past his prime. You know, where it's... 60, yeah. You know? And so... But and then um, and then I also too I think of for me I think of uh, that Triple H Undertaker Hell in a Cell match absolutely that to me was one of my favorite matches of all time which is weird I don't really ever hear anybody talking about that so yeah and that, and that was a weird it gets one. it gets overshadowed by the Sean and Taker but it does I I always really loved the storytelling in that one because it was kind of like the bigger brother stepping in for the younger brother type of thing to to help out with the bully. There, there one from the year before at twenty seven. That was really good too. Is it where it was like almost like a street fight? Was it uh, the hunter and hunter and undertaker? Okay, and and that one, I remember. I loved the build up of that of that match because Taker comes out and he hasn't been seen for like a year right? yeah. since the Shawn Michaels match. And he gets in the ring, and as soon as he he goes to do something, Triple H's music hits. Yeah, that's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know. And then all they did was look at the sign. Yeah, and Taker does the the throat thing. Triple H looks at the sign, gives him the crotch chop. Yeah, I was like, this is good shit. Oh yeah. And, and like without saying a word, it's like you knew what was happening. Right. Like that was awesome. And then also too, there's so many elements of that story that I think get overshadowed. Like Taker did he he got carried out in the match. Yeah. He won, but he got carried yeah. out in like Triple H. That, that was his thing. Like that might have been the one I was actually thinking of cuz it's the one where um Triple H has the he's in the that triangle choke yeah. and he's grab trying to grab the sledgehammer. Whichever match that was, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Is that the Hell in a Cell one or is I that remember. I don't remember that one either, but that's the one I always think of cuz I remember seeing that live and just being like, "Damn." That's a really good shot. Also in the 27 match, which that whole WrestleMania was pretty much dog shit. Yeah. Because that's one where Cena and Miz headlined. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that match in particular, it's like that was really good. And yeah. Triple H hits like a picture-perfect tombstone on Taker. Yeah. And that was cool as shit. I was like, for a movie he never does, that looked awesome. Yeah. And just, in you know, because Triple H is a big guy and him holding sure. him up and dropping him and he did the arms across the chest and the tongue out. And yeah. That was cool as shit. Like, yeah. there was a lot of cool moments. And then the Hell in a the Cell, they incorporate, like, Taker does the Mohawk, which he hadn't done yeah. in short hair in a while. Mm -hmm. And then they, uh, you know, Sean was the referee and stuff. And they were, they were both really good. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, like, you think about it, like, man, when's the last good moment? Like, Back in the Attitude Era, I felt like there was a really good moment every month. Yeah. And I think that's the thing now. Like we mentioned on the show a while back, you were talking about Shane McMahon returning. That was a big moment. Yeah. It was like four or five years ago. Yeah. That wasn't last week, you know? So no. it's it, the moments are becoming less and less. Yeah, they really are. And I mean, I think, I think having Edge back, him coming back at the Royal Rumble is probably the latest big moment. Oh, yeah. Um, no. But I mean,. It, but it's just from that crowd. Yeah, but it's just it's not. 
I don't know. I mean, it could be the fact that maybe the fact that we didn't have the crowd there to really get into that match. Maybe it took away from that match a little bit. It kind of makes me think, like, um, you know, obviously the virus is not. I mean, I, I mean, me and you have talked about it. It's not something we want to discuss every week on the show. Right, right. It's just it is what it is. But it's it's affecting our lives in such a way it's hard not to talk about it. Yeah. Because I really thought by, you know, when that happened in March and they kind of shut everything down. By July, mm-hmm. totally normal, right? I mean, well, you I assume that. Yeah, I think we all collectively thought that not that it wasn't real, not that it wasn't serious, but that it was just exaggerated. Sure. Because we lived through things like Ebola, West Nile virus, and we never had something like this happen. And so for for it to be, however, it's been three, three and a half months now. April, May, June, almost four. So, yeah, I mean, it's been that long and really haven't had many changes. I mean, things have opened back up, but they're talking about shutting stuff down again. And, and it's like, we still don't have fans as far as wrestling goes. I mean, well, and that's what I mean. Like I think honestly, WrestleMania and California next year, that might be a realistic time to have fans again. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Maybe. I mean, January, I don't know. and, And even then the way it's looking right now, do you think it would be jam-packed? Do you think it would be 80,000 people? Or do you think they would have to do half capacity? Again. I or even a third capacity because well, of the social distancing. They've also been doing that, like, hockey plexiglass. Mm-hmm. Is that just going to be a new thing? Is that the new Which I'm totally cool with. Yeah, but, I mean, like, I, I think about, like, my nephew getting to high-five AJ Styles. Sure. Like, that was, like, a, such a cool moment for him. Yeah. And it is what it is. I get it. Right. But it's like, that kind of sucks. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that does, but it's one of those things. It might be kind of just part of the new normal. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a uh, interesting thing because we don't, no one knows. Right. No one has a clue like what it's going to be like next month, two months from now. One thing I am hearing is that the cases are up, but the deaths are way down. Yeah. So maybe it's more manageable if that makes sense i don't know and and i heard from joe blow down the street so take it take it with a grain of salt i don't know uh because i haven't looked into it but he mentions to me something about how um the more this thing mutates the weaker it gets yeah i don't know if that's true or not to me i feel like that can go either way like it can get weaker it can get stronger i don't know but with the fact that they have there has been less deaths and way more recoveries it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So uh, I'm hoping that's actually the case. Well, and it also could be a fact that if you do get it, it's uh, everyone's a lot more like if you start develop, developing symptoms, for instance, right. you're a lot more aware of what it is. Yep. Because I feel like if you're trying to live your life normally, it's kind of like if you have the flu, like the flu basically makes you lay down. Yep. It's so bad. And this, I don't think it does necessarily, at least not right away. No. Ryan Davidson told me that basically for a day and a half, he felt like hot garbage. Yeah. But now he feels fine. And now he's super like restless and wants to get out of the house. Yeah. But he can't. Right. Until he's completely. Right. And I'm just like, I get that. Like that, that's, that's part of it. And I think that might be part of the problem is that, you know, there's, we've talked about before. There's days you don't feel great. Yep. You go into work anyway. Yep. You know? Like if you had the flu on a Monday, you call into work, they're probably gonna want you to come in Tuesday. Oh yeah. Maybe for sure Wednesday. Yep. But in reality, is that smart? Nope. Not at all. Because you're still contagious. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think with this, this is maybe restructuring companies where they're like, Yep. Okay. This can completely shut down this entire plant if yep. if they let you in with that. You know? But there have been times 
plenty of times where guys have came into work at my job sick because they didn't want them to stay home. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't want to fill in for the route. Yeah. I mean, it's like, dude, fuck, man. Dude, I, I waited tables. Yeah. I mean, they made a guy come in with the flu before. Yeah. I mean, like, so, and it, it's one of those things where I didn't look at it the same as I do now, but if you're a customer walking into a restaurant, would you hope that your server's healthy? Right. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. He's very literally touching all of the plates and your drinks yep. and everything else. Like, yep. that's just not safe. Nope. But it's like they don't give a shit, you know, because it's, well, we're going to be shorthanded. Yeah. But then we'll be shorthanded. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's funny to me how in a situation like that, like, no one could, ad- could adapt to it. But when you're forced to adapt to it, you can. You yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's not that hard. No, it's really not. Yeah. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention before we move on to wrestling. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, uh, EC3 and Stone Cold had a little back and forth. Oh, did they? I did not. I. Uh, it was It was a an audio, uh, which I don't know if it was from Austin's podcast. Is he still doing his podcast? See, I haven't been listening so long. I haven't either, but it was a little clip, and it sounded like it was from Austin's podcast, and they were basically cutting a promo on each other. Oh, really? Just really going after each other. And uh, it ended up with EC3 running out of Austin's house and Stone Cold cussing him out. I thought Stone Cold was going to beat the shit out of him, man. Sure that wasn't MJF? MJ, what did I say? EC3? Yeah. MJF. Yeah, I did, I did hear about that. That was amazing. Yeah, I think MJF went to Austin's house and did a podcast. Yes. That was a while back. Yeah. I did hear about that, yeah. That was... That was so good. I was. It's the last true heel, man. I uh, that's that's a a rivalry I never thought I would have wanted to see, but now that I heard that little back and forth, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see Austin. I think I do remember hearing that. Like, Get the hell out of here! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess MJF threw water on him right before he ran off. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> so good. I love it. It was really really good stuff. That's that's awesome. Anyway, let's uh, let's take a break and dive into a little bit of movie talk here. Let's do it. This is Breakin' Bay up at the movies. Yeah. This is Breakin' Bay up at the movies. Yeah. This is Breakin' Bay up at the movies. Yeah. This is Breakin' Bay up at the movies. Yeah. All right, fellas, go ahead and take it from here. What you got now? All right, I'll tell you what we got now. Big underscore Bane. Um, Movie talk. So uh, you'll you'll appreciate this. I uh, decided to start rewatching The Office. Okay. I haven't watched it in a while, and the first season's super quick to get yep. through. Yep. I'm currently on season two. Nice. And uh, dude, it's it's crazy to watch that show and realize how how much better it becomes in season two. Yeah. Than it was in season one. Yeah. And how much like how much of a jackass Michael Scott was. Yes. And then in season two, how he's just more oblivious yeah like there, there's a line in there from the Halloween episode where he's trying to fire Creed yep then he ends up firing Devin yep and all that stuff and uh and he like he can't fire and they're going back and forth and it's just awful mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> the camera crew asked him like have you ever been hunting and he goes yeah once I shot the deer in the leg I ended up having to kill it with a shovel why do you ask <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, and then, of course, the uh, the huge sale he makes yeah. to uh, to Tim Meadows, who works for the uh, yes. county, and like it shows him like because he's what's I think I've heard the producer say on that show what's ideal about that 
is Michael Scott is a horrible manager, mm-hmm. but he was an amazing salesman. Yes. And that's why he got promoted, except he's just not good for the job he has. Right. And and that episode really shows how good he was. Yeah. Because he buttered up to the guy. He became friends with the guy. Mm-hmm. And then he put his pitch on him. The guy went for it. Yep. And you could tell, like, the whole time Jan's just not. She's like, this is going so badly. Yeah. Then, like. She tries to step in. He's like, Mm-mm. she realizes what he's doing, and yeah. then it's like it clicks to her. Like, okay, he's got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was good shit, dude. I, that's just such a great show, The Office. My one of my favorite lines in that Halloween episode is uh, when he's talking to Pam about having to fire somebody, and she says, "Why did you wait till Halloween?" And he says, "Because it's scary stuff." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that's just that's perfect. Yeah, and then also too, after he ends up kissing Jan, they do their performance reviews. Yeah. And then, like, she gives him bad news. He's like, oh, now I'm in a bad mood. All right, let's do your performance review. Yeah. And then she turns his mood around. Yeah. And he gets all happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like, good. Angela, you've been satisfactory all year. Yeah. That, that episode was great because, like, her and Dwight both were, like, the only two that actually wanted to do the performance review. Right. And they were the only two that got actually skipped over. Well, and then around that time is when you start to see about Dwight and Angela's love affair. Yeah. Which, um, actually, I remember hearing on The Office Ladies, you remember in the pilot, Dwight is humming the little drummer boy Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's possible they were seeing each other then. Yeah. Although she gets annoyed with him during the basketball game because he's hiding the first aid kit. Oh, yeah. So there's like, eh, you never know. Yeah. They might have been just like hanging out and seeing each other. You right. Know? Right. And... Um, what rewatching the first season though, the basketball episode I think is my favorite though. That's a good episode. That that one's that one's fun. But it's crazy to think like that show doesn't appear old. Yeah. But then like in some of the episodes like the fire episode, Michael's phone goes off. Yeah. And it's like that weird text tone yep. ringtone. You're yep. like, like wow, that seems so retro. It now. it really only dates itself when it shows the cell phones. Mm-hmm. That's really when it shows how dated that show is. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, the hairstyles and stuff like that, you can kind of tell, or early 2000s, excuse me, early 2000s, right. but it's, um, yeah, the the phones specifically really date that show. Right. And uh, Michael calling the temp in, that one, like, opening, like, the little cold open, he calls the temp in early. Oh, yeah. For a special project. <laughs> He's like, what's a special project? Uh, the sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'm going to go sleep in my car until work starts. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls the biscuit up. He's like, I watch the carbs. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just so ridiculous. It's like, uh, you're not there that early. Why wouldn't you just get your own breakfast? Right, yeah. Good grief. <laughs> so funny. But it's a, it's a great show. Is there anything else you're watching right now? Um, we started watching Unsolved Mysteries last night. Oh, that's that just came out on Netflix. Yeah, the new, new version. And it is... Pretty damn good. I, they don't. They don't have. Which I mean, I'm sure that that old guy from the one in the '90s probably has passed since then. But let's look him up. I don't even know what his name is, but well, he had that kind of scary voice. Yeah, and I was hoping they would have had somebody to replace him. Yeah, he actually but, the agent in Beavis and Butthead, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah, he was like, these are the two most dangerous men in America. But Robert Stack. Robert Stack is he still alive? Let's look him up. Robert Stack. 
He died 2003. Okay. That's, I kind of figured he had passed away just because he was pretty old. Dude, he was born in 1919. Yeah. He was 83 when he died. Yeah. 84. He, he, he was an older dude. Yeah. But I was hoping maybe, because I feel like somebody like Jordan Peele would have been good for that. Because I know, and I know he also did the Twilight Zone. So maybe yeah, that would have. I haven't watched that yet, but I heard it's good. Yeah. I, maybe that would have been reaching him a little bit or stretching him out a little bit too much, but. Kind of the same. Yeah. Thing. But. Somebody, somebody that would, I feel like somebody would have fit really well doing that whole shtick again, but they just, they skipped over and just went straight into the documentary parts of it. But yeah. it's, uh, it's still pretty cool. It's a cool show. Yeah. I need to, need to check that out. Anyway, what do you say we uh, dive into a little bit of toy talk here? Let's do it. Here we go. Open the box. It's the part of the show. We'll break your brain to a bit of toy talk. Here we go, open the box, it's the part of the show, we'll break your brain, do a bit of toy talk. All right, so toy talk this week, big underscore Bane. Now, uh, I know you have you have talked about these before, but I've not been, you, I know it's something you're probably not wanting to pull the trigger on, and that is the NECA two-packs of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles figures. Now, of course, a lot of people um, were very upset that they weren't able to get the, the Walmart exclusive set, which was... Casey Jones and Raphael from the movie, which mm-hmm. is kind of an, an interesting set. But uh, Target, they're doing so. Walmart's doing the movie versions. Target's doing the cartoon versions. Okay. And they're releasing this month actually three new two packs. So you're going to have April O'Neil and a, a battle damaged foot soldier, which is like a robotic version, which is kind of fun. Casey Jones and another battle damaged foot soldier, and then the last one's going to be Leatherhead and Slash, which these all look pretty cool, but now we're kind of getting a little bit into the obscure characters. I wonder how these are going to do in the stores. Like, the diehards are going to grab them, right? But sure. It's, you know, it's not Leonardo and it's not Shredder. It's not Bebop and Rocksteady. I'm kind of curious to see how uh, how people react to these. I don't know. You know, uh, Leatherhead and Slash, to me, they were they were cool characters, but again, they, were, they weren't like... They were more obscure. Yeah, they just weren't anything special. I mean, I... I don't know. For me... I the main reason I've never pulled the trigger on these is because I can't justify the price point. They look amazing, but I can't justify 50, 60 bucks for these. You they're, know? Like, they're like fifty one ninety nine, so it's fifty two dollars a set. So that would be what like twenty six dollars a figure. Yeah. I mean, you're you're that's that's a lot. I mean yeah. when an average elite's gonna be you know, eighteen to twenty. Right, and so I, I think if these, if they were to come out with Ninja Turtle figures that were like fifteen to twenty, I'd be more okay with doing that. But, um. <laughs> I think you're right. I think once you dive into like the deeper now, having more villains, I think is a great idea. Mm-hmm. But figure out ways to get more turtles in there again, and and they and they've re-released the turtles a couple of times. They're also releasing. I don't know if you saw this. It's going to be like an ultimate figure. It's a metalhead, and he's a single pack. No, that's cool. And actually, the the cover, like the box, looks like an old VHS box. It's yeah. modeled after, which I think is cool. But, but I'll be honest though, man, they could keep releasing those Ninja Turtle the core four turtles and probably never have them be warming the pegs probably not and I so that. i mean because there's always going to be people who are like oh damn i missed them yeah. sweet they're back 
Right. You know, and that's that's one thing I feel like the turtles have always kind of messed up on is they always try to dive into this weird shit. Yeah. You know, instead of just sticking to the core four. Not Leonardo. We talked about right, it. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, there's always going to be somebody who didn't get all four turtles. There's always going to be right. somebody who maybe got Leonardo but missed out on Raphael. Yeah. And so I think to continue releasing those is a smart idea because, like I said, I mean, maybe down like three months from now I'll have an extra couple hundred bucks. I'm like, okay, I'd like to right. get those. Right. But well, and when I when I first saw these displayed, I just assumed Casey Jones and 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 uh, April would be in a two pack, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm definitely buying that. But now each one of them comes with a, a battle damaged foot soldier. So I look at it like, okay, do I need two battle damaged foot soldiers? Right. No, but do I want Casey and and April? And that's where like the whole completionist aspect right. comes at you. That being said, NECA doesn't release a ton of these at a time. Yeah, they space them out, so I guess you can kind of. Pick and choose. The problem with it, like any other huge collectibles, they they go so fast. Right. So if you don't pull the trigger, it's like yeah, they're gone. Yeah. I remember seeing the first wave all at Target. I was like, oh, that's cool. But again, like you said, yeah, fifty two dollars a set. I'm like, that's what two hundred twenty dollars probably. Yeah, that's too much. I'm like, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. And I go back and they're all gone. Right. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's know? it sucks because I mean I'm huge, obviously a huge fan of the turtles. I would love to be able to have those figures, but it's uh, I can't justify that price point. What's weird to me is that Playmates has had that line since the 80s. Yep. And they still make the the stuff based on the current cartoon. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't they make a more high-end figure? I don't know. Like, obviously, these sell. Yeah. You can't find them at Target. Yeah. They sell out quickly. I've never seen Bebop and Rocksteady. No. Well, and and look at... You look at... uh, like when those WWE ones came out, mm-hmm. like how quick was I to pull the trigger on those? Right. As soon as I saw them, I was like, right. F yeah, I'm getting these. And then, you know, they came out with that series two or whatever. I got all those too. And, and then nothing else, but I can't find really any turtles, you know, at all that are decent size. And so it's, I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me that they don't make more. Yeah. I would, I like these simply for the fact that they look like how they looked in the cartoon. Yeah. And like Super 7's doing a set of them too and those are even more expensive. I don't know if you saw those no. right 45 a figure. Jeez. And they're modeled more like how the uh, the old Playmates ones looked. Okay. But again, that's like a deluxe figure. It's way yeah. more expensive. So it's like it's, it's a big investment, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It is what it is. But yeah, they are cool. I just don't know why Playmates themselves don't pull the trigger. It's no. Yeah. But that's the new NECA sets. I guess they hit uh, Target sometime soon. A good buddy of mine, Coach Doggins, is quite into those. So, yeah. Like, if it had not been for him, I would have not found Bebop and Rocksteady. Nice. He told me he found them. I'm like, oh, dude. I was like, if you find another set, let me know. I definitely want those. He goes, I bought two. I was like, really? He goes, it's a hot toy. I knew it would sell. And I was like, well, hell yeah, I'll take it from you. So, you know, it just. <laughs> well, hell yeah. It's one of those things because, again, he knew it would it would, it would would sell, obviously. And it did. And right. And you not find them anywhere. So. Crazy stuff. Anyway, let's uh, let's take a break. Let's get Steve from the PPW back on the show. He'll be here for part two. And uh, then we'll be back to close it up. Boom. It's time for the interview segment on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. All right, we are back here on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. It's part two with Steve from the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. And, man, last week we 
we kind of discussed a little bit of everything, you know, about getting into wrestling and wrestling merchandise. We talked a lot about collecting, you know, figures. And, and you know, one thing you, you touched on was also um, the wrestling T-shirts, like you said, pretty much buying at live events or buying through the catalog. And, mm-hmm. you know, and one thing, too, we got I got to touch on. I forgot to touch on this last week. T-shirts, even back then, if I remember right, weren't they like at least 20 to $25? And that was expensive yep. for a T-shirt. So like you said, like, hey, mom, can I borrow your credit card and order a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt? Like, no, not going to happen. So, yeah. Plus I mean, shipping and handling. What's yeah, that? It's $24.95. I'm sorry, it was $24.95 plus whatever shipping and handling was. Sure, probably tax, too, you know? Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's not a, not a cheap T-shirt. And... You know, I remember li- anytime a live event was in town, I was like always hoping I could find a shirt to get because I was always like such a big deal because you didn't just, you know, you weren't seeing them in stores and stuff like that. Um, but another thing I know you're really into, um, I actually have seen some pictures you posted kind of like as this, I don't know if you have a, wor- a name for it, but it's basically, you, you've made, basically made a video store in your house of old wrestling VHSs. And I think that that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so it's PPW video. <laughs> no, uh, I I uh, I've col- I've been collecting wrestling tapes for a while, and for the longest time, I had this vision in my head of getting old video store shelves and putting them in my basement. But I wanted specific, like the ones from a video store. Like you would walk down the aisle. I know a lot of people had Blockbuster. I don't know what you had. We didn't really have Blockbuster here. We yeah. did. We didn't go to. We went to, we went to mom and pop video stores. Like right. we had Orland Video, Video Dimension, and I think Mokina Video. Like just local places out here, and they had the shelves where it was. It's kind of it's slightly angled where behind them there's a plastic case with the tape behind it, and that right. man was in for you to check out. Some places had the tags. So I had this vision in my head of wanting it, and I've been look I've been on the lookout for these shelves forever. And one day on Facebook Marketplace, it, like I'm scrolling and I would always check, and it popped up. But the problem is I'm in Chicago. It's up there up in Michigan. Some guy bought a building, and in the basement there was like eight of these video store shelves. And I go, okay, let me figure out how far away you are. And it was like four and a half hours. And I go, how big are these things? He goes, they're pretty big. And I go, okay, um, let me figure out if I get them up, get them down here. So eventually... I uh, kind of asked one of my coworkers who does, like, as a side job, he's a driver. So he's like, yeah, I got a truck. I'll pick him up for you. So he drove up there. I paid him to get him. He came back. He goes, yeah, these things are way bigger than you were, You told me they were. They're about 200 pounds each. <laughs> they're Holy massive. Crap. And they hold, they're double-sided. Um, I got two of them double-sided video store shelves. And as luck would have it, as I'm looking for this, someone on eBay was selling a whole case full of those plastic VHS cases. And I got lucky, and I asked, I emailed the guy, I'm like, how much for all of them? And he gave me a good price, and I bought them all. And uh, I, I've since had my wrestling tapes, which is specifically the Coliseum video ones. I have every WrestleMania, every Survivor Series, every Rumble, uh, every King of the Ring, and every SummerSlam on Coliseum video, which is basically uh, 85 through 97 when Coliseum video came out. Then I have a handful of the compilation tapes, your super tapes, Smack 'em, Whack 'em, and World Tour, and, and things like that. I think it was and, like an Invasion of the Body Slammers. Oh, yeah, Invasion of the Body Slammers and Crunch Classics. And, <laughs> um, it was, and those tapes, for people who don't know, were basically a bunch of matches shot during TV tapings or house show tours and put on compilation tapes to sell at your video store to rent. And 
I don't know about you, but I would rent these things every weekend. When I, and I'm not joking when I say that. It wasn't. I wasn't going to rent the newest movie. That was for my sister to waste her, waste her rental on. I was going to rent these three-hour tapes. And I always, my sister always teases me. Now, my older sister, she goes, she'd like, I'd rent like Babysitter's Club, which was like 45 minutes, and you would rent wrestling tapes, which are three hours. Mom would always make you go first because you're younger. So, you know, she's sitting through, you know, Dino Bravo versus um, Greg Dammer Valentine matches. And, I'm, you know, poor girl, but I'm loving it. And uh, I wanted to create that kind of nostalgic feel for my daughters and for me in the basement. My daughters actually have a side of the video store, which is kids' movies, and the other side is like DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, but there's all the classics for that. Disney movies, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Big, Batman, Adventures of Babysitting, all the classics. But the wrestling tapes, I found a lot of people, when they see that, when every once in a while I'll post something on Twitter, it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. I remember this so much. And that's the feeling I get every time I kind of look at them. Mm-hmm. And people ask me, they go, do you still watch those tapes? And sometimes I do. I still have a VCR, and it's a weird experience. It's like you take the tape out of the case, you pop it in, you hear like the sounds of the VCR kind of working itself up, and then it pops on, the tracking adjusts, and it's a different experience than going to the network and browsing or go popping in a DVD or a Blu-ray. And I encourage everyone... When they, next time they get a chance, go to a secondhand store, go to a thrift store, pick up a VCR, and find one of your favorite movies. It seems like every thrift store has like 20 copies of Twister or Jurassic Park. Um, but pop in a movie, pop in a VHS tape, and and you'll be taken back to that time, that different experience you had. Um, they're also kind of like pieces of art in a weird way when you look at them. Like It's like no different than a poster on the wall to me. Well, what's weird is you were talking about video stores, and I don't know if you ever experienced this because there's always like that one video store that your you know your family probably went to because yeah it was close by. I don't live in a I didn't live in a big town, but the town I lived in, I was counting the other day. I think we had like six or seven video stores, all with probably mm-hmm. like a ten mile radius. Now the average person, they're probably not going to go to every single video store, right? But for me, I always wanted to because I always thought, well, they'll probably have different wrestling tapes. And they did, sure. you know, like, like I remember one place 15 miles away, but they had SummerSlam 95. They had like the 92 Rumble, you know, but like the place that was close by me, we had the 91 Rumble, WrestleMania 7. I think there was one of the super tapes was there. And so, and yeah, man, like I remember always trying to find new video stores so I could rent these tapes. I remember one time getting to rent like four, you know, wrestling pay-per-view tapes. And I mean, that's 12 hours of stuff, but to me, that was one of the coolest things ever. But also, too, you know, one thing about the VHS is a lot of people don't think about is, you know, you could, you know, literally pause it right there, pull it out, start it right back up. And I know, like, digital streaming has that feature, too. But that wasn't really a thing on, on DVDs, I remember. So I always I always enjoyed that on a VHS tape. You could hit pause, eject the tape, or even leave it in there. And then, you know, just put it right back in, and it started right back where it was at. Yeah, and then also these Coliseum videos, they have unedited music. Right. They have, though they say WWF, there's, uh, the, the pay-per-views are, they have some exclusive content from time to time on there, uh, which some of the network, the WWE network, uh, versions of certain shows are the Coliseum video versions, which is interesting. Hmm. Like King of the Ring 94 has Coliseum exclusive stuff. So it's just interesting how some steps like the pay-per-view broadcast, some is the Coliseum video, and that could just be, that's the best version they have of it. Um, but 
it's it's fun to to get that. And plus, every Coliseum videotape, at least the early ones, start off with those Hasbro commercials, which you never fast forward. You always got to watch those. Oh yeah, I remember the '91 Rumble. My local video store, like I said, had that. I or, I picked that one up a lot because it had three Hasbro commercials to start it off. <laughs> and you know it's a Royal Rumble, right? So you always want to watch that. But yeah, now in, I'm curious if you know this. What made them switch from Coliseum Video to WWF Home Video? Because I remember, like you said, Coliseum Video was till about '97. Then all of a sudden, that WWF Home Video mm-hmm. logo started showing up. Was there a reason? Was that a different company, or what happened there? They just they just took it in house. They just started doing their own things, and it's. We, you mentioned earlier talking about recording for eight hours on Monday Night Raw episodes in part one of this interview, but the thing that sucked when they switched from Coliseum to WWF Home Video was the quality of tape they used was worse. Mm. So they put those on SLP mode, which they could fit more on there, but the quality went down, and, and whereas Coliseum Video was LP mode or um, standard mode or extended play, whatever it is, but there are two different ones. And it's it may sound silly, but it, I, I have WWF home videos and I have Coliseum videos, obviously. You hold the two in your hand, the tape with the same amount of time on it, the Coliseum one's significantly heavier, and the tapes heavier, and those last longer too. Some of these tapes, like I have a WrestleMania three from '87 that was from a video store, so it must have been watched hundreds and thousands of times. It still plays just fine because of that quality they used, and it was stored properly and all that. Um, whereas you get, you know, a DVD at some of those video stores, those get scratched to hell. Good luck trying to get one of those to play without skipping. Uh, but yeah, there was just a switch over where they brought stuff in house, they produced their own stuff, and. You know, it's just it was just time for them to do their own thing. That makes sense, though. Like, I'm sure that they looked at it like, well, we're paying all this money. Why, why can't we just make that money ourselves and stuff? So, I'm sure it was not cut a business move. Yeah, cut the middleman kind of out, and it, that's not exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a little more detail to it, but that's basically it. Is WWF Home Video pretty much took over in '90s and '98, I believe, was the first. Royal Rumble '98 was the first, I think, official release for WWF Home Video. That makes sense. Right, right around the time of like they, I guess the attitude mm-hmm. era would kind of already started with that. You know, that was kind of like the, the ascent to them becoming a big deal. And I think after that was when like the, I know you talked about it with ring skirts, but I, I kind of got a refresher mm-hmm. there when I was listening to that podcast. You know, the Undertaker, the Phenom, the Three Faces of yeah. Foley, and all like Austin Three Sixteen Uncensored. All those kind of hit, and we kind of you know, like you said, I start seeing those in WalMarts now, where I never saw the Coliseum videos in stores before. Right, and that was the bonus of the WWF Home Video is that you could find them. You could purchase them. You didn't have to go to the video store or rent them. You can purchase them on your own. And they're relatively cheap, 10 to 15 bucks, right. which isn't, which wasn't, even now is not too much money. Um, but yeah, that was the only bonus of it was you didn't have to rent them anymore. You can just go buy them yourself. Yeah, and what's funny is I remember, um, I don't know if you, if this kind of makes sense with what you were saying about the Coliseum videos, but I remember I had a friend who, he was a big Jim Carrey fan, and he had all the Jim Carrey movies on VHS. And around this time, which was probably 2000, you know, DVD had started to kind of take over. Mm-hmm. And a Jim Carrey movie had came out, and it may have been Man on the Moon, I don't remember. But whatever it was, they only released it in stores on DVD. There wasn't a VHS <laughs> release. Yeah. So he looked it up online, and he found it, but it was like over $100. Yeah. I was like, how on earth can that cost that much? Now, I, I kind of think, like, I wonder if that was, like, if video stores bought better copies for that reason. Well, like there's, how, there's cost more money. 
Well, it was just a, it was a, that, that wasn't just for man on the moon. That was how it always was. Like video stores were, it was like a weird arrangement they had with the studios where they would purchase them for X amount of dollars and the studios would sell it to them for a lot more because they knew they were making money on the back end. Right. So the video stores have to invest up, up front for these tapes. And I actually have a handful of like, it's basically promotional flyers that would go to video stores saying, buy WrestleMania 7. And like, you know, it says stuff on like the flyer, like great re-rental probability and a huge fan base and all that stuff. And those, I think the Coliseum videotapes, I think were 40 bucks each or something like that, 45 bucks each. So the video stores have to pay, pay down a few bucks up front to make their money on the back end because even, I don't even remember how much they were. I think they must, older tapes were probably a dollar and newer ones were like three bucks when we were kids. Sure. So they would have to, right. they'd have to, yeah, they'd have to invest a handful of dollars up front to get this tape back because the older tapes, I and mean, if you're for you, it was like, five-day rentals for a dollar or like sure. three-day rentals for a dollar because they're the older ones but the new releases were like 350 a night or something like that so um, that's what it was that's how the videos and the distributors kind of made their money well and that makes sense but i remember actually talking with someone about that and he goes well i he said they probably get better quality vhs's because you know if you buy a vhs mm-hmm. from walmart and you watch it a few times they yeah, messing up a little bit and you know that's something that's, that's possible to factor in too is how, if people are going to take care of these things do you remember uh, they would always tell you, I don't know by, by you, but they would tell us, like, don't leave the tapes in your car in the sun because they'll melt? Right. I think <laughs> that's funny. Like, I haven't thought about that in a while. Like, that was a thing. Like, I remember we would go to the video store on, like, Saturdays before because we did, like, church on Saturdays. So we'd have to get up on Sunday mornings. And my mom would be like, put the tapes under the cars. They don't melt. Or under the seats. They don't melt in the sun. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I remember um, the video store I went to, which was like the, the popular one in town. It was the biggest one. They would put those tapes like up on the counter with like a note. Please don't leave these in your car. And you see like the, the two windows are like bubbled out. And then yeah. like, the, the plastic part of the, the, you know, the tape itself was all just kind of mangled and nasty looking. So it's like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And they, yeah, they right. will melt. And like you said, 45, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it costs. It's a lot of money that they're that they invested and that they're not getting back because they can no longer rent that tape. Mm-hmm, for sure. So yeah, definitely an interesting time. Like, did me and you talk about this before? Where you think that something like a video store could kind of come back in a retro fashion? Maybe we did, and I think I think there is potential for it, and we'll see what happens in the coming months, where people are more conscious of what they spent their entertainment dollars on. Um, I think the days of certain people going on like on demand and paying eight bucks or seven bucks to rent a movie, it's like, mm, do I want to do that? Or do I want to go out and like make it like a night, like go to like a little niche store, browse a shelf, pick out a movie for two bucks or whatever it is and, and come home and watch it. Cause that's, that's kind of an event. Whereas you're sitting home on your couch, it's not an event to get a movie. So it's, it's possible. And who knows, who knows what will happen, but I, I could see it happening for sure. Well, I remember as a kid, I always liked when mom's like, Hey, you want to go with me to go get groceries? That mm-hmm. was always for two reasons, because a, I got, I could browse all the wrestling magazines and sure. And every video store. And I don't know if it was like this where you were at, but it seems like every grocery store had a video store next to it or close by. Mm-hmm. sometimes even connected into the grocery store. So I would always go look at the, the video stores. 
And, you know, I, and I remember even just like my dad's like, hey, let's go rent a movie tonight. It's like, oh, all right, let's go to the video store. And like you said, you know, I don't know if you get that same excitement of like, you know, scrolling through Netflix or, you know, renting a, a brand new movie on, on Vudu or iTunes or whatever. It just it isn't the same. But like you said, it was an event back in those days. And, you know, like my niece and nephew, they're nine and six. They've never seen anything like that in their lives. And that's kind of that's kind of astonishing to me. Yeah, and I mean, bring them to a red box. It's a little bit of it where they could at least go and yeah. browse and pick their movie out, and then they get it. And they can most of the, and red boxes are at Walgreens or Walmart's or grocery stores. Like, go inside, get some candy, come out, pick your movie or whatever you want, and you can. It's a it's a good experience too. And it's funny you said like the memories of like, hey, do you want to go to the video store? I remember my dad worked on Saturdays to like six o'clock, so he got home at six. He would change. He's like, okay, I'll bring you kids to the video store, yeah. and like it was like a th- or Friday night or Saturday, whatever it was. It was a, it was a appointment thing, and except in the summer for some reason, mom was like, go outside, you're not watching movies, but in the winter and the fall, it was, yep, we could definitely go and get our movies for the weekend. It was it was an event. Yeah, and and it's just a weird thing that I don't know if if kids have today, but you know at the same time, the whole world's changed. How a lot of people watch entertainment, a lot of people watch YouTube for everything, you know, so. Mm-hmm. It's a, Maybe we're just old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of it. You know, like, would a video store work in today's era? I would. I would like to think that it would, but there's also a reason that they all kind of shut down. You know, I think there's a few. I know there's like a around here we have a family video that's still open, mm-hmm. but realistically, as far as like actual video stores, they're pretty much non-existent at this point. And like I said, man, at one point when I mean, there was like seven or eight just in my small little town. Yeah, it, they. Yeah, I think like I said, I think I can think of. I mentioned Orland Video, so Orland Video because I live in a town called Orland Park, and they had like four Orland Video franchises in the town of Orland, and then there was a couple other offering ones. To the point, like I said, we didn't have Blockbuster because Blockbuster wasn't going to get in on this territory. Did you have a Hollywood Video by chance? No, so we actually didn't have anything big. We got a Blockbuster, but it wasn't until like I was in high school. Yeah, and by that point, a lot of the smaller video stores had uh, had already kind of closed up. The main one mm-hmm. we, we had was a small little regional one called Pop and Go Video, and there was two locations because you know my town it's like there's a bridge basically north and a south side, and they had a location on each side. We had like a Movie World, a Super Video. Uh, we had one called All the Right Movies. Um, <laughs> I you love know. a good pun. Yeah, I mean just all all kinds of of different video stores. Um, some of them had um, double locations, like on the north and south side, but they all kind of, some would kind of come and go. Actually, I remember the Pop and Go video was the main video store here in town. It had a great location, an awesome sign, you know, just posters everywhere. It was very well done. That guy sold it, and another guy bought it, and he put it in a smaller location, which was still fine, but it's like, it was one of those things where he, when he bought it, it was already like 2010. And it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you, uh, I think you bought it on the downhill slide. And you know, Redbox probably kind of become a thing at that point. And and even Redbox, I think, is kind of almost becoming a thing of the past because I don't know how many DVDs I've rented from Redbox that I couldn't even watch because they were all scratched up. So, you know, well, what the, what good thing, well, the good thing though about like Blu-ray, I'd say, is Blu-rays are like they're impossible to scratch. Sure. So if you want to rent something, rent a Blu-ray because those things are never gonna. You could like you could throw those in the concrete; they're gonna not scratch up. So that's at least a plus. And the quality is always good. Well, for sure, yeah. But I, uh, 
I real quick to cut sorry to cut you off, but yesterday I got I've been on like a kick of watching old Tarantino movies, and uh, I was like, okay, this is on Netflix, this is on Prime, this is whatever. Like I got to Django Unchained, and I was like, huh, it's only available to buy or to rent for five ninety nine. Yeah, I go on Best Buy's website, and like the DVD's three seventy five. Mm-hmm. They have curbside pickup. Like I'm buying this movie to own for less than it is to rent. So I, I went and picked it up, and it still holds up, by the way. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Where I, I have a bunch of movies still because I'd be at a store and they'd be like two to three, four bucks, and I just want them just to have because if I ever want to watch it, I have it. Like classic movies just to have. Yeah, and I, I know like the on-demand stuff. I've seen that where it's like I've seen a movie and it's like $10 on iTunes, Voodoo, mm-hmm. one of those. But right. at Walmart, I'm like, I know I saw that in the $5 DVD bin. You know? Sure. And <laughs> right. like, I know for a fact I saw that in there. So, yeah, but again, it's one of those things where, well, do I really want to get up and go to Walmart right now? And I think that's kind of where they get you with that. But, but you know, owning Possibly. you know physical media is also a thing think a lot of people are going to regret you know if like the internet ever goes down or something like what do you do but not even that like like let's say you have comcast cable or expansion cable and you buy a bunch of movies on comcast and you cancel your cable well your movies are gone like you bought them there but they're not there and you're not in your cable box anymore you don't have cable anymore so it's just it's tough to think about i i i'm sure i'm like a fossil and a dinosaur with this but i love having stuff tangible I love having stuff to hold, and that's why I still have these VHS tapes, and that's why Walk. That's like I think us in the back to wrestling, and the wrestling community. We like stuff to to hold. We like tangible stuff. Sure. And that's why figures are still there, and like people are like ring skirts has a million belts, and some people have foam fingers, or some people have luchador masks. People like we like stuff to hold and, and tangible stuff. So things why you and I are in the same wavelength here about having something in our hand. To hold as much as it might drive other people nuts who think we're hoarders, we like stuff. No, and and that's the thing too is like I uh, I'm you know I kind of go off and on getting into comic books, but that's kind of a thing too because you can buy a physical book or you can buy it digitally and watch it on your iPad or read it on your iPad like frame to frame, which mm-hmm. is way easier. But again, it's not like you said. What if that iPad craps out on you? Well, you don't really have that book anymore. Like you own it. Yeah. But you don't really own it, so it's kind of a whole, it's a whole different circumstance for sure. We're just get off. We're just get off my lawn, guys, right now. Although <laughs> I have a ton of digital stuff, which I'm sure you do too. But we let's at least, if you guys want some of your favorites, if you're listening to this, get get some of your favorites. Own some of your favorites, whether it be movies or vinyl records, or even if you want to start a VHS collection, which is weird. It's starting to go up in value, which is blowing my mind that VHS tapes are going up in value. Like I can't believe it. That really honestly does not surprise me because, um, you know, I've, you know, I've, I'm, you know, you were talking about back to the Nintendo, I think, last week, but, you know, yeah. I, I'm an old school video game fan and I don't really like the mm-hmm. new stuff as much, but, you know, I put a tweet out there. I was like, man, I kind of want a Nintendo 64. <laughs> Excuse me, because I never really had one as a kid, but all my friends did. And, I, you know, I played it a lot, but, man, I'd really like to have a 64 again, you know, or for the first time, really. And, yeah. And so I'm looking it up. I'm like, that's not terribly expensive. But I look up some of the games, of course, the wrestling games and the Mario games. Some of them are like still 55, 60 bucks. Well, then. Which is crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the thing's 20 plus years old. But then I find this thing, and I have a buddy named Travis Fowler. He's like really good with, with tech. So anytime oh, yeah. I, I find something, I'm, I, I run it by him, like, hey, what about this? 
And what it is, it looks like a Nintendo 64 cartridge. It's called the EverDrive 64, and it comes with an SD card with all the 64 games on it. And it's like 150 bucks, which sounds like a lot, but that's about the price of three cartridges. So you pop that in your 64, you have the entire video game library right there. And I'm like, well, that's really cool, but if I buy that, I don't get to go hunt these 64 games at all the resale shops. Yep, I we're, think we're crazy. Part of the fun, right? Like that's and, and yeah, it's a weird thing, but there's something about that. Even though, in the long run, it's a way cheaper route. There's part of me that's like, you know, I'd like to go check every local video store or uh, like resale shop some weekend and see what 64 games I can find. You know, like there's something about that. So yeah, I don't know, and maybe that's just a thing because that no. th- this is easier, right? It's easier to do it this way, but maybe it's not as fun and it's not a sense of accomplishment. If- down the road if you're if you're a wrestling fan and a collector and you ever get the chance to buy something all at once i advise against it (laughs) because we're crazy people and we'll find something else to collect so you'll spend more money in the long run anyway so stick with what you want and just uh, even today a big ups box came my wife goes what's that i go I'm pretty sure it's more tapes because sometimes i forget i don't know if you you forget what you buy sometimes and uh and she's like, oh, great, of course it is. And it, what it is, is, I don't know if you remember the Columbia House-like sets. Oh, yeah. And it's like 20 Columbia. I got, I got like a steal on these. This guy gave me a really good deal, so I kind of bought them. Because I had no intention of starting a Columbia House collection. But my Coliseum video collection is almost complete. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll get into this now. Because right. we're crazy people. we got to look for something else to buy. And that's what happens, right? Like, I know, um, I mean, that's happened to me before where I'm walking down the toy aisle, and I don't buy Mattel Elites all that often, just here and there, you know, but then I see, like, these Marvel Legends, and I'm like, ooh, those are cool, <laughs> you know? And then next right. thing you know, I got a collection of those. So it's just, yeah, it can definitely happen. And, and like you said, like, when you collect something, like, if you get close to finish or lose interest or whatever, then it's kind of always on to the next thing, and, you know... Next thing you know, you got huge boxes coming in. Like, what is this? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I late night eBayed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got to talk about the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. You guys have been going for quite a while on that, right? Yeah, a couple of years now. I don't really know. What, I think we started in, it must have been over. It must be over two years now. Who knows? Two and a half, three years. Who knows? So what, what got you into, like, um, wanting to do a podcast? Besides, to starting like, a podcast, of not having any spare time, like all of us. <laughs> um, I think I had so I had an idea. I wanted to do a podcast for a while, and originally I had an idea for me. And my buddies did it's a pilot of two shows that'll probably never be aired because they're so bad about movies, and it was about changing the script to movies. Okay, and we did a couple of those and it didn't turn out great. And I was like, what do I know a lot about? And I was like, I have so many ideas about wrestling and I love wrestling podcasts. And I was listening to so many podcasts where it was an hour and a half of people talking about how much everything sucks and how much wrestling is terrible and blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. I'm like, I should start my own. Then the question came up to who am I going to do one with? And my co-host Eric I actually used to work with him when I was in high school. And we kind of like semi-kept in touch over the years, never really friends. He was actually more friends with my oldest sister than me. Eric's a few years older than me. And then one day, a handful of years ago, we were at a mutual friend's wedding. And we hit it off, and like we were drinking like old times, talking wrestling. And I was like, hey, you know, pay-per-views tomorrow. It was a Sunday. You should come over. He's like, yeah, totally. So he came over, and we've just been friends ever since. Like, we're actual good friends again. 
And then one day I text him out of the blue, I'm like, hey, I want to get for this podcast. Would you be down? And he goes, do I have to buy anything? I'm like, no, no, I'll buy all the equipment. He goes, okay, sure. So then we started the show, and the initial premise of the show was only focus on positive wrestling stuff, whether it's present stuff, old stuff, whatever. And it's since morphed into what it is now, which is a nostalgia look back at how wrestling was always intertwined in our lives one way or the other. Sure. Like so many stories have come up through the course of the show. Like we did a show a while back. It's my favorite, one of my favorite all-time stories I've ever heard in my life of Eric. Uh, We did a SummerSlam 92 show. And it was one of the rare instances where he came over in the morning and we watched the show and then recorded immediately after. And it was the Kona Crush versus Repo Man match. And he goes, oh, yeah, I remember one time in school I crushed this kid's head with the Kona Crush thing. And I was like, wait, wait, what? So then he told me the whole story about how he, like, went up behind this kid and gave him the Kona Crusher with his head. It's a whole ridiculous story. It's hilarious. You guys want to go back, find the SummerSlam 92 show. I think it's 30 minutes in. I am, like, crying laughing. And, like, after the show, Eric told me, he's like, I haven't thought about that since I was in, like, eighth grade. Right. And all this stuff always comes up. And I hear a lot from people that listen to our show is, one, I realized that I wasn't alone in all the weird wrestling stuff I did. Like, everyone else did the same stuff I did. Sure. And I love hearing everyone else's stories. I think Jeff Springer, um, he's the, it came from the Merchant guy on Twitter. He told one of my favorite stories where he sent in, it was like an embarrassing wrestling show we did, and he sent in a, a story about how these kids were like bullying him. So like, he drove up on his bike, like kicked over some like their marbles or their cards or whatever. And as he said, as they got to the end of the block, I put my fist up like the Undertaker American badass on his motorcycle and rode off. I'm like, oh, that's amazing. So that's what it's really moved into is all these these fun stories. And I really have to thank other podcasts that have kind of given us shout outs to get more listeners, like Fully Posable. And I know you guys and I have touched base because of Fully Posable and also because of like um, the Our Vantage Point podcast or the Doing the Favor guys. And I always forget podcasts, but it's grown because of that. And that's been cool to do. We obviously don't have a million listeners or anything. We don't have, we don't have Blue Chew ads, um, but <laughs> we're, we, we have enough where it makes me happy to do it when we can. We don't have shows every week, which I wish we had more of, but I've got two kids. My my co-host takes care of his parents. They're both a lot older and, and need help. So it's not as easy to do it. Um, but it's something I'm really glad I did. And it blows my mind whenever I get, like I'm sure you do, when you get someone on Twitter tagging you with a screenshot of their phone saying, listen to this this week. And you're like, I don't even know you. And you're like, that's crazy. Yeah. So it, it's, it really it's just, I'm sure it blows your mind. It really yeah. does, man. And I think that's what's so cool is like having people like hit you up like randomly. Like, hey, man, I really like your show. It's like, whoa. Like, you know, because I remember talking with Bane. He was like, how many people do you think are going to listen to it? And I was like, well, at least two, me and you, right? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> that was kind of my thoughts starting out. And, you know, like that. I got to tell you one story, though, before we wrap it up. I remember hear being in, uh, in fifth grade, and there was a kid there in school, and he wasn't really like a bully, but. He'd kind of pick on everybody, but then act like he was just joking or whatever. But he he did it to everybody. And me and my buddies were talking wrestling. I had a few buddies at that time. that You know, because wrestling was, this is probably 96, 97, maybe a sixth grade. But uh, Uh wrestling was starting to get a little hotter and hadn't quite reached its peak yet, but it was getting there. And so we're 
I don't know whatever it is we're talking about on recess and he comes up and is just making fun of it and I remember I was right right in front of him but my back was to him and he starts talking crap and pushing us around and stuff and so I grabbed him and I gave him a diamond cutter right there on the playground now of course it didn't hurt him right because uh-huh you know, it's not really like a painful move. You know, you're just kind of landing on your belly. But the fact that I grabbed him and took him off his feet embarrassed the crap out of him. And like, <laughs> it was still one of my one of my absolute like favorite childhood memories. I can't believe you, you got the. I mean, the diamond cutter came out of nowhere, so I'm sure he wasn't expecting it. Right, exactly. Yeah, he never even saw it coming. <laughs> but I, I love hearing stuff like, what like that. Was I, that? I was like, that was the diamond cutter. And did like, you throw up the diamond sign? Did I you did, throw it up? I should have. Well, oh. I think it, it shocked me that I pulled it off, you know, because it's not like I knew what I was doing. I just grabbed his head, kind of like I see DDP do it. And I just fell down, and he, you know, I had him so tight, he came with me. Oh, and he was so mad and wanting to fight afterwards, and, you know, but, you know, it was what it was. Nothing really happened for me. But, yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a fun moment for sure. That is amazing. I'm so glad I got to hear that story. But that's, what, that. that's what, like, your podcast is about, it's like fun stories like that, which I think is really cool. I highly recommend everyone checking it out for sure. Thank you. It always comes back to everything is wrestling. When no matter what, I could tie any memory of as a kid to wrestling one way or the other. Like I'm sure you can, and people listen to your show and other shows do too. We are, we're all in this weird wrestling nerdum together. We are, and it's always going to be a part of our lives, right? And and I know what you were saying before about how a lot of shows are negative on wrestling, and like I I try not to have a negative perspective. I'm sure at times that I do because there's stuff that I don't like, but yeah. But but at the same time. I also will go out of my way to watch stuff that I do like and not I'm not going to sit through a 3-hour raw if it's not something I'm enjoying. But I will go watch Superstars from 92, you know, because that's more my jam. So that's what I and that's what I encourage people to do. I'm like there's a lot of stuff on the network. There's a lot of untapped stuff that you probably haven't seen and I I think mm-hmm. I would love for them to add like Wrestling Challenge and all those old shows. I think that would be awesome. Like one thing I think would be cool if they did an entire year, like say like 91, 92, and it's all the yeah. shows that they did, you know, like Superstars, Wrestling Challenge, All-American Wrestling, all yeah, you, you, you could manually do that, like with Raws and pay-per-views and stuff, but it's just, it could be better. Yeah. Um, it, that works great, but it could be better with, with those type of functionalities. Uh, really quickly, let me ask you this. You mentioned about negativity. That's a little more sensitive to you as a, as a podcast host and a content creator. When we were kids watching wrestling, we weren't watching with the outlook of, I have to comment on this. Right. And I think now, consciously or not, I think we all do that. And I try not to do that when I'm watching stuff like, hmm, what am I going to say on Twitter about this boneyard match or whatever? So I encourage people to try to just watch it just to watch it without having a hot take on it. No, you're, and you're not wrong there. I mean, I I kind of joked with Bane about this before. I was like, would you imagine being in like the uh, like the Avengers, and all of a sudden a character dies, and you're like, boo, <laughs> <laughs> refund, refund, you know, like all Can- sorts of things. Hashtag do. cancel Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I'm just like, you know, I know, and I know Bane. There's been times where he's just like, dude, I don't even like watching anymore, and I'm like, why? And he goes, because of, of Twitter, of how. Of how it's always this or that, and it's just everybody's, you know, like, instead of just enjoying it and just watching it for what it is. But, you know, at the same time, and you'll appreciate this as an old school fan, I was watching the 90, the 1990 Royal Rumble, and that's the mm-hmm. year that they did the Hogan Warrior standoff. 
and Hogan eventually wins by last eliminating Mr. Perfect. Yeah. In 1990, there is no doubt in anyone's mind Hogan's winning that match. Possibly Warrior, but probably Hogan, right? If you watch that in 2020, you're thinking, like, oh, it's Perfect's year. He's got it. He's the best guy on the roster. There's no doubt. And then he gets eliminated, <laughs> and the whole crowd just goes insane. That's the difference, uh, right? Because sure, there's no way Hogan's not winning, especially when it's down to those two. But it's a different... It's a different, um, it's a different audience too. I think this, you know, in 2020 and even the last five years probably. Because I remember watching uh, the 2015 Royal Rumble at a buddy's house, just like you know, because Roman Reigns wins, and like The Rock comes out, and, like the whole crowd has just completely turned on him. You know? Yeah, so, I, I think know. a good a podcast idea for somebody who wants to start a podcast: go back and watch old shows. But review them as a current day fan. <laughs> That'd be a fun, uh, fun thing to do. Like you said, oh, Mr. Perfect's being buried. Hogan squashing him, and right. I'm so sick of them pushing Hogan down our throats and and all that stuff. Yeah, well, and and that's the thing too is like you know back in those days with so many enhancement style matches, like you know it wasn't like you know you didn't see your stars doing jobs all that often, and if they did, it was like a mm-hmm. you know convincing match. It wasn't like hey, you know. Heath Slater, you're going to go out there and lose in three minutes. Well, that's why it was such a big deal when the one, two, three kid beat Razor Ramon. Like, that didn't happen. Right, yeah, because he he was perceived as a jobber, and it's like, what? And the way Razor sold it and all that stuff. But in that moment, you made two guys huge stars. You know, that's, that's still replayed to this day. Yep. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely a different time, that is for sure. But, Steve, dude, I really appreciate you being on, man. This was a lot of fun. It's always cool to yeah. kind of chop it up and talk all things wrestling and all that stuff. I highly recommend everyone checking out the uh, the Positively Pro Wrestling podcast. I know you guys have some shirts over on watermaneuver.net. And uh, what's your what's your uh, Twitter handle and all that stuff? P- just PPW Podcast. That's where we're at. We're not on Instagram or anything like that yet. I feel like that's, I mean, that'd be too much for me to handle. But <laughs> PPW Podcast on Twitter, uh, whatamover.net if you want to support us. But again, there's a lot of other guys right now that could use their support a little more than we can. Uh, pick up some indie wrestlers, T-shirts, um, some artists, things like that. Pick up some of their art if you can. Commission them for some stuff. But one thing settled down, whatamover.net, and we'll get some new T-shirt designs up um, maybe sometime over the summer for everyone to pick up some cool summer threads. And uh, thanks, man, for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you guys are on my rotation of podcasts along with a few handful of other ones. And uh, I encourage everyone to check out other f- quote unquote fan podcasts. Absolutely. One, because we're not, f- we're not filled with ads and two, um, it's a little, it's just a different flavor from time to time. I, we all listen to talk as Jericho. We all listen to Conrad shows and all that, but give the fan cup podcast a try too. And uh, really appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun to talk tonight. Yeah, I keep trying to wrap it up, but I gotta I gotta throw one more thing out there. Like, Let's hear it. Yeah, when I first got into into podcasting, you know, like you said, it was Talk Is Jericho, Steve Austin Show, et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, then I started make, making all these friends, you know, like you and Jeff and Scott and Eric and Barry, and you know, there's a lot of I don't want to leave anyone out, but I met a lot of people that were doing doing their own thing, doing their own venture, starting their own podcast, and it's almost like you know what. I don't know if I want to listen to this show. I want to listen to my friends, you know? And so that kind of became, like you said, the podcast rotation. That's the, all those shows. That's ones I'm listening to and just trying to help those guys get their listens up. And help, if I can tweet something or whatever and, you know, steer people to those shows, that's what I think that's cool that we're all kind of supporting each other. And, you know, I think, you know, if one person listens to this and they're like, you know what, I'm going to go check out the positively pro wrestling podcast. Now 
then I think that, that that makes it worth it. You know, or if they heard me on your show and they want to go check out, you know, Power Hour now, that's what it's yeah. about. So I think we can all help each other, which is fun. For sure. And for the most part, everyone in the community is very cool in the Twitter community. So let's, let's keep all that positivity up. And if you're a jerk, you get kind of kicked out pretty quick. So everybody be cool with each other. Absolutely. Well, Steve, I appreciate it, man. We'll have to do it again down the road. For sure. Talk to you soon, buddy. And we're back. We're back. Thanks to Steve from the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast for being on the show. Always fun talking with him. Really good guy. I think you guys enjoyed the PPW Podcast if you get a chance to listen to it. They're uh, doing all kinds of great stuff, whether it's talking to content creators, talking old school wrestling. I mean, I know there's a couple episodes where they've just dove into, you know, like episodes of like old pay-per-views like Bash at the Beach 94. And as you know, like that's totally my... That's right up my alley. Yes. I love stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. I think it's really, really cool stuff. So, and I, I they did a, a watch along on Legends House, which is hilarious, or, you know, stuff like that. They just, they just do great stuff all the time. So, check out the Positively Pro Wrestling podcast. And big thanks to Steve for being on the show. Uh, big underscore Bane. Now, obviously, this is the part where we would talk about some new stuff from Chalkline, but unfortunately, um, it's only been a couple of days since we recorded. So, there's really not been a new drop yet. However, there was one thing that they just posted right when we first started talking, and that was a teaser that it looks like some RoboCop merchandise might be coming. Amazing. Dude, that's pretty sweet. I would love me some RoboCop shorts. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, I would too. Um, that's a that's a pretty genius idea. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like, Chalkline kind of hits all the senses, you know? Yeah. They find all that good stuff in there. You revealed last week that you uh, you picked up that NWO tank top. Yeah, I wasn't able to get the Outsiders one that uh, Chalkline has on their website because I think the only only one they have is a small. Mm. So I decided, obviously, I can't squeeze into a small. But um, rip the seam and then you're right back to square one. Damn right, it'd be like more like one of those uh, like that Ray Ray Mysterio used to wear, where it just <laughs> yeah. like landed over him, didn't actually no seams on the sides, whatever. But. Uh, <laughs> um, well, it would be like really like Scott Hall. He had yeah, Scott Hall, yeah. <laughs> Scott Hall, yeah. Uh, yeah perfect. But, uh, I thought that was weird. I was like, that's not even a shirt. No, it's like it's almost like a cape, but it's like on the front, too. <laughs> like a, it looks like an outlaw. Yeah. <laughs> um, a poncho. Yeah, poncho. There it is. Um, but uh, but I, got the, I got the NWO and uh, WWE shop at it. Is it the white and black? It's black and white. Black and white, nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. I dig it. So, since there's not a whole lot new to talk about, I, I'd kind of like to get your take on, you know, Chalkline's got a lot of licenses. Obviously, WWE's a huge one. Nickelodeon's a big one, which also encompasses the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Uh, obviously, RoboCop might be coming. Bloodsport's coming. Yep. I mean, they've got a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline. What's something you would like to see from from one of their licenses? Um, I mean, I, I'd like to see more old-school WWE stuff. Sure. You know, um, more stuff from the 90s. Um I don't really know. I mean, I, I I think the Nickelodeon stuff they're really really doing good on. But yeah. uh, as far as the old school WWE stuff, I'd like to see. I mean, it might be stuff that they've released in the past. I just don't haven't yeah. don't see it now. I mean, I'd like to see like some more of the ice cream bar stuff. See, I want some ice cream bar shorts. Yeah, that would be badass. Um, I think. But I, I'd love a restock on on a lot of stuff that they've shown in the past that they just they sell out of so quick. So they they recently showed these uh, Razor Ramon shorts that were like gold chains. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, eh, they're cool. Yeah. Not my favorite. I want, because they do a lot where it's like based off gear. Mm-hmm. They need Razor Ramon shorts that look like his trunks. Yeah. Versus Razor Ramon has got the razors on the back. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be sick. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of cool stuff. I think with, uh, with Nickelodeon, 
I would love to see them incorporate incorporate like Double Dare, Legends of the Hidden Temple, Guts, Guts. What would you do? Nick yeah. Arcade, all that stuff would be great. Um, I would love to see some. They've done a Rocco's Modern Life and All Real Monsters jacket. Nice. I'd like to see both of those get some shorts. I think yeah. That would be really cool. Maybe like Cat Dog. Cat Dog would be a fun one, dude. <laughs> Angry Beavers. Angry Beavers. That's a great one. Yeah. I forget a lot about a lot of the Nicktoons. Uh, yeah. Stick Stickly. Stick Stickly. Yeah, that was a weird one. Wasn't it just a popsicle stick? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember uh, Wienerville? Oh, yeah. That was a weird one. That really might be the weird show they had. Because that was like the adult heads, but they were like baby puppets and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 That was really, really weird. I'd actually like to see some uh, Good Burger. Yeah. Because that, that would was be cool. just a sketch on all that, but it was also a movie. Yeah. So that would be fun. Yeah. Um, Keenan and Kel. Like, yeah. Loves Orange Soda. Yeah. me? Like that. I love Keenan and Kel back in the day. Oh, me too. I, I was all about Keenan and Kel. So, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff they could do. Like, you mentioned old school WWE. Like, uh, uh, Dobro, I think Drew Vintel actually sent him this, which that's quite a gift. But he sent him the Yokozuna chalkline jacket. Amazing. And that's like such a that's not one you would assume that they would make, right? right. But I'm like, damn, that's cool. Yeah, freaking Yokozuna jacket. Are you yeah. kidding me? Like that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of, and like they're making the the Jimmy Hart jacket. Mm-hmm. This is Dungeon of Doom. I'm like, dude, if they make, I want Dungeon of Doom. Like, I want the cast of characters. Right. I want Kamala. <laughs> I want Shark. I, you know, I want Zodiac. Right. I want that. Yeah. Would be awesome. Oh yeah. Like that's that's really cool. I think a, a really cool jacket would be the Nasty Boys. That would be a really cool jacket. Inspire, yeah, you know? that would like, be a really cool one. Yeah, uh, Tatanka would be fun. Yeah, I think with the Nasty Boys, those would even make good shorts. Mm. Having the paint splatter all over the shorts. And Absolutely. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that would be that would be really fun. I think uh, if they ever got the license to American Gladiators, <laughs> that'd be a good license to get. Yeah, they teased a while back a uh, Bebop and Rocksteady jacket. That would be sweet. That would be. That would be one I'd be rocking, dude. Absolutely, yeah. But I'm also afraid that would be one that would sell out like instantaneously. It seems like most everything they put out there, like it gets sold out really quick. Yeah. And I mean, good on them because they're probably not ordering like overstock to where they have to put it on sale. Yeah. Which is really smart on their part. But yeah, it sucks because I, I can't move fast enough to get that stuff. Well, yeah, you have to really be... Like, on the trigger, yeah, for sure. Um, I know that they they made some shorts that they called Attitude Era shorts, and it basically like had all the different characters on. Yeah, them. and I was able to get them the, when they first released, and they sold out within like five minutes, I guess. I just happened to be wow. one of the first few people. They did a restock that sold out in like five minutes. Jeez. So they decided they would do a pre order for three days or something like that. So if you if you pre ordered them. They would ship them to you in like three months whenever they got them. Or mm-hmm. something. I'm like, well, that's smart. That was like they knew it was a hot item, yeah, and they made it right. You know, I'll be honest. I, that's probably how they should do most of their stuff. Is yeah, just, you're just right. a pre-order, and I mean, have a base of what they're going to order anyway. But have a pre-order, and if it goes above that base, then just order the like we're going to order 300 sets of shorts. Yeah, but then you have an order of 550. It's like, right. Okay, we'll yeah. do more. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's not a bad idea at all. Yeah. So, yeah, but they do great stuff. So, and I think the the bigger the company gets, because you can see it's growing. Yeah, it's growing. Because I remember seeing these jackets like two years ago. Right. And I didn't really even know what they were. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm like, these are amazing. Like, yeah. I have an uh, app on, on my Instagram app, I have it set up to get notifications when they drop something. Oh, nice. Because I wanted, I want to see stuff right away. Yeah. Because there's always something new happening. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. And then, you know, like they have the, they have the Capcom. 
a license. Yep. So they're doing the Street Fighter shorts. Yep. They've shown a Resident Evil jacket. I w- they've done Mega Man. I would Indeed. love to see Saturday Night Slam Masters would Dude, be sick. Are you kidding me? Yeah, How that cool would, be would that be sick? That would be amazing. Also, Final Fight. Yeah. Freaking Mike Hagar. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Like it's just unbelievable. I think if they ever got DC or Marvel, that would be a game changer right there. Oh my. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, it would be. But I also like that they go after the things that are maybe a shade more obscure. Yeah. Like uh, like they got Transformers coming. Mm-hmm. That's not obscure. G.I. Joe, He-Man, all that stuff. But like Bloodsport, that's obscure. Yeah. And RoboCop's kind of obscure, but oh, that's, yeah. that's really fun. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, anything else you want to add before we get out of here, man? <laughs> Real quick, I just thought this was oh boy, this was funny. Uh, so in our, in our toy talk, we were talking about why Playmates doesn't do more turtle figures. Uh-huh. Well, I decided to get on Instagram and look at the Playmates account. Um, don't don't search out Playmates when you look for the Playmates company. Look, search Playmates toys. Oh boy, because Playmates is a bunch of porn. <laughs> <laughs> And that's uh, you know what's funny is I had never made that connection. Yeah, but absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you need to look up Playmates toys when you're looking at the looking up figures on Instagram. I swear I was just looking for Ninja Turtles. Right. <laughs> you liar! <Yeah. laughs> amazing. That's that, amazing. Was, that was funny. Yeah. Well, definitely check out some of our other buddies that do podcasts. Jeff and Scott do the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, dropping a new show every Sunday. Check them out. Really good guys. Really informative, fun show. It's going to be awesome here in a, here in a little bit. All the Comic-Con stuff starts dropping. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. We're going to really always enjoy hearing them talk about all that good stuff. Absolutely. Right my podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew over there, Cam, Craig, or Joe, all those guys talking all kinds of stuff, you know, in pop culture. Oh, yeah. Around the round tables, great stuff all around. Absolutely. Really, really fun show. We've already mentioned it, but the PPW podcast, Steve was on the show already. Uh, this is week number two. And, you know, like they're doing watch alongs, they're doing retro wrestling, keeping wrestling positive, which I love. I love the fact that it's just a fun show. It's not trying to bash anything. It's just, right. you know, let's have fun and watch wrestling. Right. That's what it's about. Oh, yeah. Doing the favor with Eric and Barry. Really funny show. Great dudes. Except they love Bill Benis. I'm sure that they were just overjoyed that oh, he came out of the I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> yeah. They they just love seeing my my torment. I think I think everybody did. Yeah. Like everyone was all happy about it. Not, Except us. Not me, yeah. I just ugh. Are you like so I listen, were you guys up in the mountains? Yeah. Yeah. He literally like he told me, Hey, Meet me at this uh, coordinates. Couldn't even an address. It was quite. Took me forever to find it, dude. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And finally met him up there, and he literally just wanted to crack a joke. That was the only reason he brought me up there. He's a weird guy. Weird effing guy. Weird, weird guy. I'm sure those Lombardo's tacos are good though. Yeah, they're good, good stuff. Absolutely. Trivia with Buds with Ryan Buds. Check out his podcast. Um, dropping a new show every single day, and he's still doing his uh, trivia live streams over on Facebook. Check that out. Really fun stuff. Elite Eight Showdown with old Big Chuck himself. Yeah, tournament style of nonsense. Basically. Yes, it's it's a fun show though, man. I'm I'm digging it. The more I listen to it, the more I like it. So yeah, it's a great show. It's becoming one of my go tos. And we, like I said, you know, we always knew Charlie Shaw would be an amazing podcaster, and he's uh he's growing into that, which I think I think is cool. He's killing it. Yep, for sure. Uh, Ringside Rant with RJ. Just dropped a new episode with uh, Alexander Hammerstone. He's done an episode with Dr. Tom Pritchard, Jeff from Fully Posable. He's doing all kinds of great stuff. So check out Ringside Rant. 
Yes. And the Leisure and Lariat's podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson. Oh, yeah. Definitely check out his podcast. He's covering from the recovering from the Rona. So Nice. He could use the uh, downloads in the... Uh, I mean, not nice that he's had it, but... Uh, nice that he's recovering. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he could use the downloads and all the support. So he seems to be doing well in pretty good spirits last time I talked to him. So he's on that, on the mend, which I, I think is good. Yeah. And then, of course, Jason Wolf at JasonWLF on Twitter. Amazing artist. He's doing make, He's making, like, freaking Masters of the Universe figures now. Have you seen that? Oh, he's making the actual figures? Is that what that little articulation post was about? Where he's Yeah, that's awesome. Dude, he's, he's freaking genius, man. Yeah, he's smart, smart dude. Smart dude. When he started doing, like, those custom Hasbros, I was like, holy crap, are you kidding me? Now? Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. He's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I feel like wrestling comic books grapple hold and to be the man evil ain't good. You can find those on Amazon. You can also find to be the man on Comixology, and of course our video game breaker and Bane's power pro wrestling for the NES. Find it from Pack and Sack Dave over on Facebook. Just shoot him a message, let him know you want it, and he'll make it happen for you. Yeah. Um, sequel probably coming soon. I don't know if it'll be this year, honestly, because my whole thing was kind of let everything kind of get back to normal. But yeah. it's July and it's not normal, so. <laughs> right? Maybe the fall. I don't yeah. know. We'll kind of see how things go. We'll see. But there's always time. And uh, that will be, I believe, Breaker and Bane's Power Pro Wrestling 2, Bane's Revenge. Yeah. Or Power Pro Wrestling 2, Bane's Revenge. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. It'll, it'll be fun, though. Uh, Bane's Music, Bane of Mania, How I'll Make It, Bane's yeah. World, the singles, all that stuff. Find it, stream it, like it, all that good stuff. Yeah. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to Logan the Ginger. I'm not sure if he uh, listens here, but he's a good friend of the, on the Fig Absolutely, Life. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, he tagged me in uh, the dude uh, Ruckus. I guess he does a lot of music for AEW. Oh, yeah. And he's got a couple of spots on his album, and he asked who people would like to see, and Logan the Ginger tagged me in there. And Hell, yeah. Just want to give him a shout out. Say, I appreciate it. And now that Ruckus dude follows me. so Awesome, man. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, you know, um, AEW, I, I, I know that they had, uh, like, Matt Kuhn. I don't know if you know who that is. He was mm-hmm. a podcaster and a music guy. I think he did the FTR theme. Oh, did he? Yeah, so, hey, you never know. I mean, that'd be, that'd be cool to get to work with some of those guys. I think mean, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool stuff. Um, back to the Nintendo. Just dropped an episode on Metroid. And then, of course, No Holds Barred with Bill Benis. Yeah. I guess it's back, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I... From what I understand, that was a one-time only. He's back at Parts Unknown now. I'm, I'm so so. I'm assuming Trisha might be kicking you guys out of the studio or something. She did not seem happy. I think she was more. You know, I talked to her after Bill left, and you know, I think she was just more upset that she had to come in on Fourth of July. Well, yeah. I mean, we we. I think I got things smoothed over, and I told her I was like, we shouldn't be back for a few months. We'll make sure you know holidays. We're not here. We'll pre-record if we need to. Yeah. I think I got things smoothed over with her, but um, next up, I got to talk to Bill about making sure he keeps his mouth shut when he's. Absolutely. Inside the studio. Because, Absolutely. I mean, when we're in there, it's there's speakers on the outside because they want to monitor what everything's saying, yeah. being said and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's how studios work. Too. Right. Talk, talk back and forth. Right. And so it's... Is he that stupid? I think so, man. And he just really thought that she wasn't going to be able to hear it. And, yeah. Well, she could. Yep. You she... Lithering idiot. She could, yeah. So, yeah. No holds barred with Bill Benis. The 4th of July spectacular. Yes. <laughs> It was uh, it was something else. Yes, it was. I'm sure the tacos were good. They're, out, they were. A taco truck out here, maybe. I, I can try. I mean, you probably, especially right now, you probably make more money having it here than well, at the studio know. since nobody's there. Nobody's there. Yeah, damn Bill Benis. I hope he's back up in the mountains or something. I hope so. 
I heard he was upset by the uh, by the T-shirt too. Yes, he was. Yeah, he did not appreciate the fact that uh, we had him coming out of an explosion. <laughs> he thought we should have had him being front and center. Why on earth would he be front and center? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just an idiot, man. He. I feel like every time he makes me mad, I'm like, I'm gonna punch him in the face a little bit harder. Yeah, and it's getting there, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, it's gonna be like full strength. Yes. Yeah. Yes, without a doubt. Yep. Patreon.com forward slash BBPH. You want to support us on there? Um, $1, $3, $5. That's our tiers. So fairly affordable. And if you're a $3 or $5 patron, you get a free gift. Yes. Um, $3 once a year, $5 twice a year. Yeah, speaking of that, I got to order for the $5. Oh, boy. I, I have to make it. I keep forgetting about it. It was supposed to be there. I was supposed to have already ordered it, but I... Bane uh, underscore Bane has been slacking. I forgot, guys. I'm sorry. But speaking of that, I also forgot to do the live stream next week, last week. So, whoops. Whoops-a-daisy. Whoops-a-daisy. We'll get back on track next week. For sure. But also, every week, you get the energy shot. Yes. So, the last couple of weeks have been fun. We uh, we talked about a new business venture that I kind of dove, dove into. Yep. We've done, like... Uh, you know, life in 2020 without a smartphone yep. would have been like in the 90s with a smartphone. So just kind of some fun what if episodes, I think. That oh, I yeah, enjoy. for sure. I know Travis Fowler's told me he actually likes the energy shot a little bit more than Power Hour. Yeah, I think because it's just it's not really like news centric. It's just kind of we're going to ramble about something. Just talking. Yeah. Which I think is fun. Yeah. And then, of course, you can find all of our shirts at uh, bbph.redbubble.com. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker. Big underscore Bane. He has a shirt over on whatamaneuver.net. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. we have a Breaker and Bane's Power Hour store coming very soon to whatamaneuver.net, and that will feature our brand new G.I. Joe design. Yes. So it should be coming up probably around the time this drops, I think. I don't have the exact date yet, so uh, we'll see. And I'm sure things happen, obviously. But sure. once it's up there, we'll let everyone know. You can grab that shirt, and it's going to be awesome. I know. I'm excited about it. Dude, me too. That, that one's so good. Yeah. The fact that Bill Benis is upset about it makes me like it just a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I am Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. We will see you guys in seven days. Peace easy. Yeah. One more time. It ain't over till I say it's over So lock the cage up cause this is a takeover The wait's over If this the final time we meet Then you'll be on your back on my feet Then I'll tip the cage over as a hangover I'm super fly so I can splash off the top And I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop And I'm always gonna rise to the top People's champ like the rock I do not give a fuck so let that shit drop Man, I'm so over Dope pistols What'd you think? It's good. It was really good. Pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Can I dig it? Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put it on the internet.